You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. What was it that Mr. Fox said about when he got his microphone out to record? Don't, don't make any noise. Yeah, don't, that's including rocking. Don't. <laughs> Meaning, stop rocking. <laughs> I'm not rocking. I just, I, when he was doing that little scene in the movie, it just reminded me of us recording the podcast. Cause he had Why? Little because you're always making noises. And you're always cracking. You've got a new chair, so. Yeah, well, different. Let's not sound all posh. I drug it out of the other room. <laughs> yeah, you did. But, I mean, it's not the one that goes... I can pink. make noise. Okay, get that out of your system. It's out. Gone? It is out. Finished. I'm done making noise. Okay, it's Sunday, April the 11th, 2010. This is after the show number 117. And We're, we are? We are... You are? Your hosts. Ace Gully. Correct. I'm Sid Talk. We are married. That's it. I'm just, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just reminding people who know, and I'm telling people who might not know. We're married to each other. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was this then forms the relationship and the reason why we like to talk to each other. No, we are married to completely separate people, but on Sunday we meet for an <laughs> illicit, our, illicit uh, movie watching slash podcast. Podcast affair. <laughs> so uh, this this week the movie we're uh, looking at is uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Not the Fantastic Mr. Fox, as everybody keeps saying this week. Hey. Just Fantastic Mr. Fox. Uh, we're looking at the Blu-ray edition. Uh, the year of release of the movie is 2009, um, and it's... Out on Blu-ray 2010. It was actually released Tuesday the 23rd of March. So a few weeks ago. It's available now from Fox. And you're going to tell us what it's all about. It is based on a book by... It's available from Fox. <laughs> yeah, I get it. It's based on a book by... What's his name? Rawl. Yeah, Rawl Dahl. Rawl Dahl. Who also wrote Willy Wonka and... Famous British children's yeah, author. Yeah, James and the Giant Peach and whatnot. Not that that's relevant to the story, I'm just saying. It's based on a book. It is about a family. It's a, a man and a woman. They are foxes. Do you say foxes or fox eye? <laughs> fox. I think foxes. They're fox. Foxes. And he's a little bit of a shyster, you know. He wants to steal chickens and be kind of wild, and yet there's the wife and this... I disagree with him being a shyster. He's, he's a fox. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah. He wants to be a fox. He wants to be the wild animal he is. And yet, how to balance that with being a father and a husband and whatnot. Which, of course, is every man's dilemma, right? You all want to be, let be your wild instincts to do whatever you want. And here we are always nagging at you to be good little boys, right? Correct. Isn't that basically the, the theme of the movie? Yeah. And in the process of him kind of trying to sow his wild oats and be Mr. Responsible Father... Um, he gets everybody in a whole lot of trouble, including all their other little family, uh, animal friends. And they're, uh, there's lots of adventure involved. And then there's this side, not the side, but the other, you know, the son doesn't feel like he's living up to his father's expectations. And the little cousin who comes to visit, who's awesome, more like <laughs> what the kid thinks the father wants and all that's going on. And then there's, of course, these three bully, big industry farmers who, of course, you want to defeat through the whole thing. And, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of hidden messages you know or not hidden messages. You know when you're just thinking about, um, just off topic a little bit, when you're just thinking about uh, what you were going to do for your recommendations this week, I just thought of one that's kind of 
chicken run. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. I just came across. Yeah, yeah. You know, kind I thought of about it while we were watching it. Actually, that's yeah. a good one. That's a good movie, actually. Yes. Except for Nutbag chicken Gibson. Run. I think they should replace his voice. Actually, chicken run. Chicken run. Okay, it's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. So um, that's my wrap up then. Yeah, that's that was pretty much uh, everything there is to know. Um, stop motion animation. Okay, uh, just straight off Stop the bat. Stop frame animation. Straight yeah. off the bat, this uh, Wes Anderson. I'm a big fan of Wes Anderson. I love his his very um, his film style, like from his previous films, Royal Tenenbaums, Rushmore. Life Aquatic, Rushmore, Bottle Rocket. Doesn't see it. There, there's a film style to it that every one of his films takes on. It's, it's like these muted color tones, like very compartmentalized f- frames, shots. Um, it reminds re- me of being a kid and going to a very old lady's house, like a little small Or an house. antique store or something. Yes, because it, it's like enchanting and now kind of like looking at things through rosy glasses, but with that dark twist always. Well, what I to get is like, I've, I love that style in all his films. And I never thought of it in... I never thought of his style as anything else but a live-action thing. And then when I, when I know he'd made Fantastic Mr. Fox, which is a stop-motion movie, I kept thinking, I wonder how the Wes Anderson thing comes into it. And it's amazing. Like, every shot is Wes Anderson. Yeah, as if that's how like, he should make movies. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> that live-action is, like, a hard way to capture his... But even in the... His- you know, like, it's like you're watching the Royal Tenon... You know, but, like... Like, the detail in these little models is... The thing's stunning, I've got to say. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm glad we watched it on Blu-ray, because, geez, it's highly detailed, this thing. It's um, puppets, and from tiny puppets to, like, action man-sized, well, doll-sized puppets. But when you get really close up to them, you see every fibre, every hair on the head, you can see... Little knitted wool wool costume, you know, it's so detailed. Yep. There's like, no room for them to leave to say like, oh, you can kind of do. You don't have to sew this the very well. You don't have to glue this eye in very well because no. it won't show up. But you can see, and it's all perfect. Like the craftsmanship truly is. Yeah, it's one of those movies that you're just for the first ten minutes. I was yeah, almost I was, not, like this. I was almost not concentrating on the <laughs> story. I was just like looking all at over, all yeah, over. the story wasn't. Um, primary to me because I was kind of like oh wow look at that and and the animation style which kind of similar to Coraline which mm-hmm. I loved also the animation style on this one is kind of it's not perfect either it's no. kind of jug- jiggity and jug- but there's a charm to that isn't exactly. there that, that you, you know it's, this isn't supposed to be like a smooth correct and sometimes the characters like jump from one place to another but it, it's just I don't know. It's magical, in my opinion. Met and enchanting, I think. (laughs) No, he's fantastic. The movie, to me, is in, like, a... I don't know. It's grounded in reality with a lot of issues, you know, you recognize. No, I've got to say that I read the book as a kid. Oh, right. And this is not the book. I mean, there's a lot of differences here. Um, The story. I don't want to spoil stuff, but... It's, yeah, don't spoil it. Yeah, the story's a lot simpler than this oh, movie right, right. version, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. There's stuff in there that was added yeah. to make a better movie. Um, because it's pretty simple, the book. And a lot of Roald Dahl's books, even Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the actual book when that you get read to as a kid, it's a lot simpler than what you see on screen, you know, when you see the movie. But um, yeah, this, it captured it 
because uh, I remember those pictures in that book when I was a kid. The pictures were very... The, you, you have to look at them online. They're very detailed, very um, art, arty, like oh, a yeah. little brush strokes and stuff. And this motion, this kind of stuff captures that perfectly. Um, I just loved it. It, it, it was uh, brilliant from start to end, did you not think? Yes. I, I was completely for engrossed. Yeah. Like, completely. Um, I think Wes Anderson's like the perfect person at the helm of this. Because I've always said to you, I love Wes Anderson's films because it's almost like he's a, like an obsessive compulsive guy who he, he actually, every single frame of his movie, he's like, make sure that thing is at the edge of the desk and make sure there's five more things behind it, you know, because I want people to see everything in the frame. I want interesting stuff. I want it. Yeah. And good. in this movie, like, there's so much to look at and you can tell. And in this kind of this kind of movie making, he you can take her, you can put it, you can add as much as you want, and just have to remember everything you add is so much more effort. Oh, I mean, yeah. if you're making a movie and you say, oh, you know, we need some books for this library, well, you send off your little assistant people and they go to some bookstore or a junk store, they buy a hundred books. Doesn't really matter; they're just in the background. In this movie, you have to make every item. So if you're looking at a set or a set piece in the movie. And there's loads of things. You have to remember it. That was all very consciously, you know, costs time, money, effort, loads of creativity. There's one scene where something was happening. I don't remember. And off to the side, a few things kind of rolled away, like off in the background, which didn't even have to be there. It didn't, it just was sort of a, sort of a, of what happened as a result of someone kicking or moving something, but it didn't have to happen. No. And I thought, wow, all that light, effort to kind of fill in or give the shot more whatever. And you have to remember, each one of those little items, somebody had to hold under one of those lights with the little magnifying thing yeah, and I, hand paint. And, uh, you know... It's get, actually one... These type of movies, when you see the extras and you see the people making the puppets and yeah. stuff, or the models, you actually appreciate the movie a thousand times more because I... You know, I'm watching it, and I think this is cool. And then, I, then when you really realize that every single like one every little frame of film, one frame of film out of like we all know, like 24 frames of film equals like a second. Well, one of those frames takes them like a minute or something. You know, to actually At least. compose and At least. so. You know, the whole mo- the movie is not particularly long. It's one hour 28 minutes or something. But, yeah, it didn't feel very long to me. No, it felt it, a little too fast. It's, yeah, it's not a two... You know, <laughs> you get used to two-hour movies. This one's a little bit shorter. But so was Coraline. Um, but, you know... The, yeah, the, <laughs> the time invested is, you know... And, it's, and there were no deleted scenes because you, no, you're not going to make... I think you get what you get, yeah. right? They're not going to make a whole bunch of stuff for And no then reason. when the director goes, I think I'm going to cut this, everybody's like, uh, no. <laughs> I've always felt like Wes Anderson's not the type to cut things from his movies anyway. I've, I get the feel, even in his other movies, I get the feeling like he knows what he wants and he does it like, and, and he knows what it's supposed to look like. He knows how the colors. And those famous Wes Anderson shots, and there's quite a few in Fantastic Mr. Fox, where the camera pulls out, and it's all, almost like you're looking at boxes with people in it. Yeah, in yeah, them. yeah. And and the different colors, like like muted colors, that happens in this. And when it happens, it made me smile, like because uh-huh. I kept I kept thinking like Royal Tenenbaums, you know, like it's it. This is a cartoon version of those movies. Like it is. I'm surprised how well his style translated is what I'm saying because you could lose your style in this kind of movie. I disagree completely. I think it's the opposite. I think in this. He completely, it totally suits him. And I'm surprised he was able to bring that sort of 
um, fantasy element into his live action movies. I mean, that's the way I yeah. think of it. Like, when you see this, where he has the possibility to make his little fox dude jump and fly and... There's all blood pouring out what? of your arm right now. Oh, dear. I'm just uh, <laughs> mentioning. A fox has had you. Yeah, there's something. Oh, no, I just scratched something. There was like a, you know me, I pick stuff. So I got a little blood on so me. So uh, got a, a fox scratch. <laughs> you know when she scratches him? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm going to lose my temper now. Yeah. When? Now. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. They made me lose my train of thought. No, I just wanted to let you know that there's blood running down your arm. That's okay. It'll dry. Yeah, what you were saying about Wes Anderson, uh, it fits Yes, more. I think it fits more. Because if he's thinking, in in this shot, you know, I want my fox or my character to do this crazy dance. Or like when the one kid's doing yoga and his feet are completely twisted around each other. You can't make a person do that. But it's even, it like, really draws your attention to the funniness of yoga when this character's feet are, like, twisted around. But it's totally fine. Like, he's not hurt, you know. So I think... It's kind of like he's worked his way up to this and probably went like, oh my god, this is awesome. I can do anything I want. Yeah. Whereas with people, you have to really work at it to get that kind of atmosphere. And so I think I'd like to see him do some other type. I, 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 I'm, you know, I'm a fan of his and I've seen all his movies. And I actually feel that this might be his greatest one. Like, like after watching it. Because it just... I know he's probably not a technician. He probably doesn't do the dolls or anything. I mean, he has a team. Because the way he was talking in the extras, he was like, these people make these yeah. things and we film it. So he's not a tech- He's not the dude who does the puppetry and, and the moving the characters. But he does frame... Like I say, you can tell he's framed everything. You can tell he's coloured everything. And he's oh, been, yeah. He's been involved to the minutest detail. Like, I mean, somebody else might do the hard work of... Making the little suit and the... yeah. But yeah, but you know, and um, Tim Burton's the same yes. with uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. He Precisely. didn't get involved with the puppetry either. He's just the. He's like, here are my sketches. Yeah, make here's films. my ideas. And it sounds to me when you watch the extras on this one, they all make sketches and they do drawings and then they bring it to him. Yeah, and he's probably briefed them and they've sat down and he said, "This is the vibe I'm going for." And go watch my other movies <laughs> and here, and he has his own sketchbooks and stuff like that where he can show them the color and all that. I just think that people like him, people like Burton, um, who else we were talking about recently, where the filmmaker, you you know it's directed by him, and this one's even written by, you know, Wes Anderson, but they rely totally on the creative people around them. I mean, he can't make, he can't do everything. Tim Burton can't make all those puppets and whatnot. No. But they rely, they, they sort of, they like inspire these people... To and, do like and it's great almost things, a, like really great things for them. There's supposed to be something about them. Well, it's and it, in this one particular, it's all it's definitely that those people absolutely get him. Yes, exactly. Because if they didn't, exactly. it wouldn't work properly, would it? I mean, That's they're, what I'm they're saying. like, yeah, this guy is absolutely attention to detail. Everything has to be right, and everything has to be how he says it's supposed to be. Otherwise, it doesn't work. Like because when I say I watch this movie and I can tell it's a Wes Anderson, and you can, yeah. But That's that only means because of yeah, the collaboration. Hundreds team. of people were able to translate his yeah, whatever he thinks. Because he's probably yeah. saying no, no bright color, not bright colors. Um, like pastel shades. He doesn't shades seem demonstrative or, at all. He'd be like, he seemed, no, he never. This does. is really awesome what you've made, but apart what from I'm on going that, for, um, apart from on that hilarious commercial <laughs> he did for Mastercard, <laughs> where he's like bossing that, people around. Mastercard. 
Well, something like that, where he's bossing people around on the uh, megaphone thing. Um, Which was like probably the opposite of him. He just wanted to play it up. So, um, you know... What did you think of the story? Well, I knew the story. Well, let me just say, the movie can... The the story contains heists. So it's already a winner (laughs) in my book, right? As soon as he started saying you the master plan, oh, I, I was like, was oh my God, happen. you're going to love this. Well, I know. I knew from the book, right? So, so I was like, it's going to be a heist. It's going to be really cool. And the heists are really well done. And um, the camera work in this um, movie is never exactly what you think it's going to be. So like they're climbing over this electric fence. <laughs> and then when they land on the other side, this the camera it almost goes into like this video game view where it's kind of yep. up on the shoulders and it's like following them like real ch- kind of... Or when the dog is chasing him and it's right behind it's him. It's almost like, like it's ten... Like instead of it being like one frame at a time, it's like ten frames at a time pushing forwards. And it's not what you expect it to look like. So it always is kind of... You're always thinking, wow, I'd like the way they did that. And then there was a part where... They were all falling down in some water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was awesome. And that was animated in like a different way. Totally, totally. Different, yeah. And and I was like, wow, I didn't expect that. I just expected to see it the normal way. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he did a lot of playing with stuff. I Shall guess. we use the word dynamic? Because it is. It's quite dynamic, and it's different. You're not just there's not just a camera sitting there with and stop frame animation animation happening in front of it. It's like he's in it. Like these days with the littlest cameras, I bet because there are times when. He's right in there. This is you know? this is so high def though. Those cameras have got to be pretty. I mean, this is like real film. I mean, it's it's not. I don't. I don't even think it's done on a. But you know what I mean. Film. Like, there's one, and the puppets are only the highest one was like twelve inches, and there's yeah. one scene where you're basically on the back of a dog chasing Mr. Fox, and it's wobbling around. Those are the around. kind of shots I love. Do you see? Yeah. Like, like where it's kind of like I say, it's like it's like. Wes Anderson said to the animator, you know when you do every frame? Well, do every ten frames. Like, moving a lot more than normal. Like, mm. not real. So yeah. there's, So there's not... It's not a fluid motion. It's like a jump, jump, <laughs> jump, jump, like that. And I love that. It's... it's while some people might say, oh, that's a... That's an easier way of doing yeah, it. Yeah, your friend says uh, he doesn't like stop frame animation. I don't get it. Yeah, well, I, anybody who says they don't like stop frame animation. Also, this movie, I feel, is suitable for... Anybody, Absolutely like from anybody. 80 to like when they want to say a bad old. word, every time they say any oh, bad it's word, awesome they say cuss. Yeah, like um, they say it a lot too. <laughs> yeah. Like, like uh, yeah, in- instead of any cuss word, they say the word cuss. Yeah. So it's like you know, oh this this cussing tunnel or whatever. You it's know? really like, funny. You cussing at me? I'm cussing at you. You cussing at me? I'll yeah. cuss you. And it's not. There's nothing offensive. You yeah. know, there might be a little. I was thinking, it was it? Would it be scary for kids or anything? Nah. I don't think so. No, no. I mean... Even when they go for the chickens and the guy goes, Ooh, it's all gross. It's bloody and stuff. And he just <laughs> went, goes on. Like, I'm a fox. What do you want? Yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> but there is no blood. No. You don't see it. It just points out to I was you thinking that chicken a wild animal. might have been a bit more... Um, cause the thought of, yeah, well, all those little it. talking happy chickens that you get to know yeah. are about to be made into pies. Uh-huh. That's a pretty gruesome thought. But, um, yeah, it's suitable for anybody. Chicken run is awesome. I must... You're right. Yeah, it is. And that was Ardman, wasn't it? The um, Wallace and Gromit people. Yeah, yeah. Wallace and Gromit. Oh, there's See, a Wallace and Gromit, there's another. You know, yeah, yeah. There, there's not many people who do this kind of thing. And the ones who do are highly recognized for it. Because it's how can they not be? It's so difficult. Like, it's so intense. The guy who makes Wallace and Gromit, he's made it, you know, the movies and the TV series. He's made that, the Ardman guy, studios. They've made that for a long time. They don't give up on it. They just, But they can only bring one movie out, what, every... <laughs> 
four years or five years. Like it's it's a difficult process. That's why it's not common, I guess. Yeah. I don't want it to be common either. Exactly. I like And I don't want it to be CGI. I want to know that there are people in the world who are making these puppets and there's someone touching them every, you know, to move that one little hair and to move that one ear over to the side and then they take a picture. And then, I mean, I want to know that that's still happening because it's so, I I mean, me, I like that anyway, because, you know, I like like craft and art and making things and it just, you feel it. Like you actually feel it. And that's part of the reason why I want to love it. Now, I don't think I've ever seen one. That you're watching and thinking, oh, this just isn't very good. I mean, I think they make so much effort. No, I don't think there is one. And they're such creative people that in the end, they always come up with a good story. I mean, all of our recommend, my recommendations and, you know, all the Wallace and Gromit, all of it's just clever and interesting. Now, if someone would go to all that effort and end up with like a, you know, shitty story or bad characters, it would just be weird. You're like, you know. Yeah, I don't think I've seen a shitty one. I mean... It probably is, right? Like, made for TV or something. I don't know. Like, they'll... No, I'd say maybe some young filmmakers who wanted, you know... Like a demo reel or something. <laughs> yeah. But, um... So, let's uh, move on to the cast of this movie. Um, we've got George Clooney as Mr. Fox. You know, it's George Clooney. Playing George Clooney, kind of. You know, it's I think charming. I like him better as a fox. Yeah. You can't person. take it away that it's George Clooney, though, again, for nope. me. I mean, like, it's... I Actually, don't dis- no, there was more emotion sometimes in some of the little conversations than you get emotion from him in live action. I have to swear. say, right at the beginning, I felt like... And I actually physically felt this. Like, I was... George Clooney's voice and Mr. Fox were kind of disjointed. Like, he was in a... He was in a sound booth. Yes, me too. Oh, me too, totally. And it was almost too loud. Yeah, yeah. But, but then, then it sort of melted kind of, in. Yeah, yeah I, totally. That's so weird that you said I feel, that. Because I I, I, in my mind, I could see George Clooney in front of a microphone like this talking. Yeah, and they were like, ugh. Yeah. Like, almost like, ugh. Yeah, and, and that wasn't a fault. I, no, no. It was just, it's just something that went through my mind, and I was like, ugh. And then after a while, I got to like the character, you know? Yeah. So, now nah, I don't dislike George Clooney anyway. I just feel that he's <laughs> slightly a bit overrated. Oh, yeah. Uh, Meryl Streep plays his wife, uh, Mrs. Fox, which... She's got a good voice for animation. She has, and I, you know what? Like, it, um, I was talking about the other week, I watched Julie and Julia, and she kind of bugged me, Meryl Streep, with this, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, in this one, I knew it was Meryl Streep, because I wrote down the outline, but I was thinking, and I, I don't... It's not like... Oh, in, if I didn't know, it's not like instantly I would think that was Meryl Streep. It took me a little bit because I didn't know it was her. It and could I have been like, anybody for me. You know how when you're listening, when you're watching an animated It's movie, weird, isn't it? Yeah, you start... You're like piecing... I mean, George Clooney's an obvious one. But I mean, sometimes a voice, you start piecing it together and you have faces flashing in your brain. You do. And it's the weirdest thing. Like you're trying to match up. And that there's got to be something weird with us because you're trying to... And they're flashing. Famous people flashing through my mind. A face, a face, a face. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm narrowing in on it. I'm, I'm zooming in on it. It's Sometimes distracts me a little because I'm, I, little I might while. spend like a few minutes yeah. trying to figure out who that person is, but I'm not really concentrating. It's kind of weird. But so, I like her. I mean, she's, you know, there's not a lot of... She doesn't have a ton of uh, stuff, but when she does say yeah, there's very, some like when she dramatic said, stuff. I'm going to lose my temper. When? Yeah. Now. <laughs> uh, then and when she says... Oh, what did she say? Um, 
If, if if what I'm thinking is happening is happening, it better not be. Yeah. She's, she's real. <laughs> she's very to the point. And she's a painter, so I like that. Yeah. Um, then we've got Jason Schwartzman as Ash. Now, I really like this guy, and I think this is one of my favorite characters in this entire thing. Ash <laughs> and... Um, I didn't write the other guy Christopherson. down. Christopherson. I love that relationship between them two. In fact, one of the sweetest scenes in the whole thing. <laughs> it's just really cool where they're, where he, they're going to bed. Oh, yeah. And uh, he's on the top bunk. Um, the son Ash, is played Ash is by Ash, yeah. Ash and, is the son. And he and Christopherson's like the... Um, visiting cousin. House visit, visiting cousin. And he's making him sleep... On the floor this, under a table. <laughs> under this train set table. And it's like... There's like, you know, a millimetre of space between his nose and, he, and like, the table. And he like squeezes himself in there. And, and then he's, he's like, like crying. Yeah, and then he comes down. He comes down his little ladder to have a look. And then they put the train on and just sit and watch it. I thought that was really that sweet. That was very scene. sweet. And the way they moved, the way they moved them, it was all—it's all just charming and sweet, and not in a weird way. But they were my favorite. That that Christopherson and him. Every scene with them in, and there's a when he's said, I can fight my own fights, and he looks at him and says, "No, you can't." Yeah, <laughs> and he, you know, he's a kung fu uh, yeah. guy, and it's just their voices as well. They really expressive. The Jason Schwartzman guy, I really liked him. Um, and the other guy, Christopherson, is... Um, Eric Anderson, Wes, Wes Anderson's, Anderson's brother. brother. yeah, who has been in other Wes Anderson films as small parts, yeah. it seemed. Um, but yeah, they're my favourite too. And uh, it's just that scene is like one of my favourite scenes. It if, is. If, I would, if we were going to say show a scene from this movie to show it to somebody, I think I'd show that scene because it's, it's just really... I don't know. Because the cousin tries to say, can I sleep somewhere else maybe? Cause because it kind of hurts my back. And yeah. the, the kid's all fed up. He goes, I'm fed up with the, oh, are you going to mo- um, pout about it now? And he's like, oh, the- okay. So then the the son is laying up in his buck reading, bunk reading his little comic book or whatever. And you see the little cousin really <laughs> like then, struggle to get under the And then the he's dish. crying. And then the, then the uh, he shines his torch right yeah. down on him. He's just looking at him. And like- he's like, he wants to be fed up with him. But like, oh, but then he feels bad. Yeah. Even There's a little tension there. But that's good. It's really well, good. Well, the, t- the tension's like, when they first announced that he's coming to stay, he's like, well, can't stay in my room. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I need that room. Yeah. And, and then the father's like, well, can't stay in my room. I need the space. Yeah, yeah. You know? So nobody really wants him to be in any it's of very, It's sweet, but it's not sugary sweet. It's a nice... It's not just nice. It's yeah. It's not got a, a heavy-handed like. Um, it's not like something. Well, I was just thinking. It's not, it's not like something like Toy Story, where like there's the stuff and then there's the big message, and yeah. then you, you're gonna get that message because we're gonna slap you in the face with it. Most Pixar movies, to be honest, there's a lot of subtlety in this movie. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. It's like there are messages, but we we don't just like say them to you. For yeah, yeah, exactly. They're just hidden underneath, which is better. Because it comes across a bit Other more. than the message of, I'm a man, and I should be able to be as wild as I want. Stop trying to tame me. That's the message I picked up, anyway. Yeah, and also the... I, I would say the three dudes, the three bad dudes. As industry. Industry taking over nature. Yeah. You know, like, you know, like Walmart smacking yep, things yep. down to... Exactly. Um, so, yeah, there is different layers of story, but... You can also see it if you're a kid, and maybe you miss those kind of important sure. issues. You can see it on another layer where it's just a fun adventure with some cool characters. And it is. Um, it's a lot of fun. So then we've got Bill Murray as the Badger, who's like a lawyer. I did not even realize. I absolutely Bill 100% knew it was Bill Murray the I second didn't. he spoke. I didn't. At and all. I was like, there's Bill Murray. Cause, and 
He was great. I liked him. I, and I like <laughs> the fact that the badger was the lawyer. Yeah, yeah the badger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then there's Willem Dafoe as the rat. Now, there's one I didn't get. Me either. Willem Dafoe's not his voice. Because he does like a southern thing. Like, yeah, but I still think uh, his voice yeah. isn't mega, like... I think it would be if he was just speaking it. Like, if he was doing, like, the Green Hornet guy or whatever it's called. Well, not yeah. the Green Hornet, but... He plays this um, rat to this He plays of- a rat. It, not a green hornet. And the, I'm talking about from Spider-Man. If he used that voice, you would know who he is because it's very distinctive. But in this one, he does a real southern like trailer park trash kind of. The rat has some excellent two. camera angles. I thought he did the way they kind of he's kind of slithers. Oh, he's like, Ooh, yeah. uh, he's gross. <laughs> and you're like, oh, he's a rat. Yeah. Now Owen Wilson is also in there as Coach Skip. Um, <laughs> briefly, absolutely no, it's Owen. Wilson. Yeah, briefly as well. It's really briefly, but. Um, that's a fun because he's explaining this game to the kid who, well, Whack Ash, Whackbat. Yeah, this and this nonsensical game that <laughs> he, he explains it, but like you, you have no idea what it. Is. It doesn't make any sense. Whatever the result is, we divide it by nine. Yeah, and, but there's no it, result. There's no. Yeah, there's a, there's it, a burning pine cone involved. Yeah, and a a whack bat, which is like a bat with spikes on it, like a cricket bat. Like a spiky cricket bat. Yeah, it's, it's funny. It's, it's it is just, funny. It's a real small scene, though, with Owen Wilson. Um, but, you, yeah. And the last person I wanted to mention is Jarvis Cocker from Pulp, which is a band that I really like from... I don't even know who you're talking about. Um, you know the band Pulp, though, right? Huh. Common people. Want to live like common people. I've got it on the... Uh... Be like common people. Too. Yeah, that one. Kinda. Yeah, well, Pulp. That's his <laughs> band, and he... I bet the people listening did not bargain for singing. No. But, um, yeah, it's a British band from the 90s, which were like an indie band. Um, and Jav- I've not seen- heard from Jarvis Cocker for a long time. And he, and he actually wrote- has him. a song in this. Yeah. Like a nonsensical song, too, which is really funny. And, uh, and someone even says, what? That's a crap song. He's like, I'm just making it up. Yeah, as I go along. along. <laughs> it's really funny. And uh, the actual character that he's playing one of the dudes it actually looks like Jarvis Cocker which is kind of funny immediately when he opened his mouth because he's got like a northern accent from England um, I knew that it was him like I was like yeah that's Jarvis and when he started singing I was like yeah so there's a lot of other people in there but those are the I don't think I missed anybody mega notable out there no I don't think so um who was the uh opossum he was his friend Kylie or whatever you know? Um, I've got oh, it here. Oh, possum? Oh, you yes. mean the possum. Yeah, Kylie. No, I I looked at him. I have no idea who it was. Right. Uh, Wallace Wildarsky. Yeah, it was not somebody I could figure out. Like, no. It looks like a director. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. With the there. earphones. <laughs> um, the Simpsons. He's been a supervising producer. He's written The King of Elves, Monsters vs. Aliens. Seeing other the Sopranos, people. I see though. The Simpsons, where, where? Oh, is that The Simpsons? The Simpsons. Oh, okay. Um, as a writer, he has acted in Rushmore, Seeing Other People, The Darjeeling Limited, which is Wes Anderson's movie. Oh, right. So basically, he's a friend who does other stuff. Yeah, he was good, but not somebody I recognize on. I uh, love that character because his eyes go all like weird. I guess opossums pretend they're sleeping. Or yeah, do, like, like, it's so like a hypnotized look. Yeah, his eyes are like little swirls. And yeah. he, <laughs> George Clooney guy's like, look, just give me a clue. And he just kind of barely raises his head. Whenever you do that, I don't know where you're yeah. at. So like, just move your arm or something. Do something. He says, give me a clue. And he just sort of raises his hand. Yeah. And he does it quite a lot. Just drifts <laughs> yeah. off like, <laughs> in the middle of stuff. So, That's um, a good character, though. He's like his little sidekick helper, but... 
really good. The way he moves and stuff was really nice. So directed by Wes Anderson, as we said earlier, Bottle Rocket, Royal Tenenbaums, Life Aquatic, Darjeeling Limited, this one. Um, Isn't there another Anderson, Wes, Owen, and... Owen's not an Anderson. Owen's a Wilson. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Uh, I also must say, Wes Anderson... From I always all, think they're brothers. From all of Wes Anderson... They're, they're friends. Yeah. I mean, he's friends with the Wilsons. What I'm saying is, from all the movies Wes Anderson has done... I feel that he's one of the best dressed men in. Uh, he is one of the best dressed. He and Guy uh, Ritchie, they both dress well when they yeah, go. Yeah, real well dressed. Di- oh, um, Spike Jones uh, actually. Yep. Is a good well dressed director also. Like they've all got yeah. like this style. Like they wear they don't sports wear, jackets like, and <laughs> sweatpants and a no, coat, not like, like Kevin Smith. Yeah. They wear like sport jackets and nice pants and shoes. You know, they they look like they're going out somewhere. But, yeah, um, they are. They're going to work. Yeah, but I find I find that kind of interesting because. Being on the set all that time, like they do, it's probably quite uncomfortable. Kind sure. of, you know. So being all dressed up, it's like an extra layer on top of that, isn't it? You know, because you. I guess they've got you know they're together. Martin Scorsese always dressed up on set. Yeah. Steven Spielberg not so much. He just wears like a hat, shirt, and like a breaker, windbreaker yeah. jacket. And- but I see Martin Scorsese, and he's blazer and pants guy. You know, but that just seems to be the what the way he is. But yeah, I think he's one of the best dressed. And I think the attention to detail in his dress is probably... Yeah. <laughs> not, you know. Mistake. No. Um, so, yeah, I love uh, Wes Anderson. I The first movie I saw from him was uh, Royal Tenenbaums, I think. Was that Darjeeling thing? I never heard of that. You said that was that his was... last one, which kind of didn't really... We should watch it. Yeah, we should. Uh, it's on Netflix Instant right. Q, actually. So, yeah, we should watch it. But um, it, it was... I think Owen Wilson was in it. I actually got... I've not still not to this day seen um, Bottle Rocket. Me either. I got it from Netflix and it's on our um, Good. media server. And that one's the Wilsons and it's a heist movie. <laughs> so, you know, maybe Wes Anderson's fascinated with heists. Because uh, there's two heist movies for you. But the personality of a person who wants to do a heist instead of just having a straight and narrow life. Because he seems fascinated with that. Yeah, and also a heist, if you think about it. Attention to detail. Oh. You've got to be very... It's a compartmentalized, organized thing, isn't it? I like when uh, Mr. Fox goes over like to this wall and he's just thinking, but he's like talking to himself and he's yeah. like moving his arm. He's like, and I go over there and I go, 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 okay, I've got a plan. <laughs> like, so work it out. And then he's got it in his mind. So, yeah, um, DVD extras. Now, uh, we watched the Blu ray edition, which I think was fantastic. Haha, um, <laughs> fantastic. Oh, Fox. By you- Fox, from Fox. Oh, um, you're. Clever-ish. I like this cover, too. Yes. Uh, it's a yellow cover with just the characters. Um, he's got squab giblets underneath his, uh, <laughs> underneath his arm. And uh, he, one of the characters makes a uh, bandit mask. Because <laughs> when they do the heist, they all wear bandit masks, which we call banaclavas in England. But uh, he makes one out of a tube sock. And it just has the sock sticking <laughs> over the top. Um, so, yeah, I think it's... Uh, Fantastic looking Blu-ray. I mean, I was impressed from the second, like, when I could see all the the hair on his... The first... Oh, things, yeah. You know, everything is um, amazing. And the sound is really good, too. Um, you also get a digital... These are, discs are kind of fun. It's yeah. got... Uh, the digital copy disc has got them in the bandit masks. Um, so you get a digital copy disc, you get a DVD version, and a Blu-ray. Very nice. Um, and they've all got different pictures on. That being my favourite. Um, that, as no one else can see but me. That being the bandit mask. <laughs> Is there any booklet or anything that came like with Royal Tenenbaums? No, it's not that kind of deal. It's just uh, 
No, this is just a... Ooh. Can you buy these as figures, do you reckon? There's one of these. If You can have that one. No, thank you. What is that? That's the security thing <laughs> that runs through the people. I got this directly from Fox. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't can know. I throw it away? Yeah. Um, no, all there is is a uh, little leaflet which shows Fox on top of um, hmm. his friend's shoulders. Uh, and it's Now, just... those would be good figure to put in our movie stuff collection. I actually thought to myself, those are amazing. Um, they're so... If I, but I wouldn't want like a crappy plastic no, version. Exactly. I want a cuddly kind of one with the hair and stuff, which would cost a lot. Like. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. That you could actually move and make a movie out of. Those would probably be very pricey. Special edition uh, then, uh, but not much in the way of extras to be honest. Even though you get a DVD and a digital copy. But when I was looking at the back here, it's actually uh, subtitled in Spanish, French, Portuguese, Cantonese, Mandarin. That seems a lot. It's easy uh, with animation, isn't it? The, because your mouth isn't. Totally moving perfectly. Right, so. that's subtitles, but actual oh. vocal voice, there's English, Spanish, French, and Portuguese. <laughs> so that, that seems a lot for um, a Blu-ray. Uh, so, extras. Not very many, but there is a documentary called uh, Making Mr. Fox Fantastic. And that has several... Uh, it's broken up into several parts. But it's you're, you're making of documentary. Actually very good, because in this case, when you're dealing with these kind of puppets... I like to see it. Yes, very like much. Like Coraline, I like to see the... It's a big creative process. I really like it. Um, so it's... There's lots of drawing involved, which I find fascinating. Yeah, and there's lots of... Uh, in this documentary, there's lots of talking to Wes Anderson. You even see Bill Murray um, being explained. You know, yeah, yeah. I, I like that, because Bill Murray, you know, you think he's an actor he's been through. You think he knows everything? Yeah, and then <laughs> there's something here where this lady who does this is kind of saying to him, "This, yeah, this is what we do, and he's kind of fascinated by it. It's interesting. And um, she's like, oh my God, this Bill Yeah, that's what I was thinking. She was, she's thinking, Bill Murray stood there. Bill it's Murray like, wants to know how I make this stupid little puppet, but yeah. you're Bill Murray. She, yeah, so, um, you know, it's a good look at the making of this movie. Um, and then there is A Beginner's Guide to Whackbat, which is like <laughs> a little promotional piece, probably that they put on the website or something yeah, yeah. to advertise the movie. It's funny. It doesn't really tell you any more no, than what's in the movie, no. but it's put together in like this old-timey way with this... It's not like, um, what's the game from Harry Potter, where there is actual a whole sport built up and Quidditch. made... Quidditch. yeah. This is just an actual nonsensical little sport. And then there's Fantastic Mr. Fox, The World of Roald Dahl, which is, like, Roald Dahl died, sadly, but this is a... It actually interviews his is wife. Is there a way to die happily? But um bum Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> With a mouthful of pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Not necessarily for choking on it. What are you saying? I'm just saying you said he died sadly. I'm just making Oh, a on joke. the job. <laughs> anyway, um <laughs> Let me Yeah, so he interviews his wife. Yeah. And it's real touching to me because like she understood her husband obviously and what he was trying to do with his children's books. And when she was screened the movie or went to see the movie it touched her because yeah, she could tell that Wes Anderson said, got him like he put more of him and his life into the movie than is in the book yeah so like um, in the movie Mr. Fox pulls this wooden little like thing over it. it's kind of like a, lap da- um, a laptop desk but it isn't he puts it over himself when he sits in his little easy chair it's got a little indention in the middle and it's like a writing desk that you put over your chair wherever you're sitting and then it has a picture of the real author guy and he has that on his chair and she said even down to the lamps and the chairs and the furnishings in our house because Wes Anderson went and stayed with her 
while he was writing the screenplay and kind of... You know, you know Wes Anderson was like up at three o'clock in the morning <laughs> yeah. taking photos of every single thing in that yeah. house. Like, so. I imagine him to be very, very cordial and very nice, though. Having tea with her and, I don't know, imagine the whole scenario. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> you might have been... Do you ever change that calendar a little? Yeah, that's this month. We fit. Oh, it's not very exciting. Not really. It's a, what is it? A Nintendo calendar. Nintendo calendar. Yeah. Um, So. It's got a lady with a semi-large behind, all in pink, wiggling, shaking her moneymaker. And then there's the theatrical trailer, and that's it, actually. So there's no commentary, which I was disappointed with a little bit. Um, But I can forgive it because the movie's so good, and the transfer and the sound and everything, it's a good movie to have, I think. And like I say, you could show it to a two-year-old. I think they'd dig it. Oh, could yeah. show it to an 80-year-old. Easily. I also think they'd dig it. You know, I'm sure. Dig it. Dig it. What do yeah. foxes do better than anybody? Anything? Dig. Dig. Yeah. So, um, in conclusion, I was expecting good things from it because I'm a Wes Anderson fan. I knew that it was going to be something. But then I was thinking, you know, maybe it's... Maybe it's not. Maybe I won't like it because it's like based on a children's book and stuff, and maybe I'm past that. But no, I absolutely, oh, enjoy- no, you're I not. absolutely enjoyed. You are so not past it. <laughs> well, <laughs> you no, love that stuff. I enjoyed the whole thing, and you know, I knew there was going to be a heist, and there was a heist, and there was actually a little twist at the end, and you know, mm. it, it was um, better than I expected it to be. Um, and you can't fault that kind of animation. I want more of it. Yes. Not too much. Yeah, exactly. Don't one, want everybody to do Maybe it. one every two or three years. Not even every year. Just enough. And quality. I don't want some shitty version. You know? It's almost like the... What was it called? Team America or whatever? With the puppets? That was also kind of fun. It is. Because it was different than what you'd seen. Yeah, and it's quality. I mean, it's obnoxious and everything. And offensive in every possible everything, way. Yeah. But it's really detailed. And you don't want to see that all... And you don't really. You haven't seen another one. It was very detailed. <laughs> that one scene, it just is... is oh, that scene, yeah. That scene's stuck in my brain for the rest of my life. Well, let's move on. So, uh, I recommended? Highly recommended. Yes, me too. Oh, you yeah. mean this movie? Yeah. Yes, fantastic, Mr. Fox. I recommend if you've got the Blu-ray set up to get the Blu-ray also, because... Oh, yeah. If there's any movie where you want to see detail, this is the one. And here I am, t- I'm going to admit to you that uh, watching... Like, we watched Sherlock Holmes last week on the big screen... And I watched it yesterday or whatever. Still Blu-ray. No, you watched it yesterday on DVD. Oh, just the DVD. Uh Uh-huh. The digital... Not the digital copy, the DVD copy. Right. And the sound... I mean, uh, granted, it was on the TV, so it wasn't as good anyway. And it does make a difference. Quality in your experience of watching the movie. With no surround sound. No, you know, the crispness and the, you know... I mean, we have a kick-ass... Um, sure. Digit- um, I mean, we don't just have a projector and stuff downstairs. We have a um, 5.1, like, really good, yeah. like, not not your piddly little speakers, like a proper full-on... Um, and upstairs we have a 51-inch but I mean, Sony TV, but it, it still isn't the same. No, it isn't the same. And I never... Some movies and stuff I don't care. I don't care if we watch Doctor Who on it and stuff like that. I don't care about watching TV shows. But after seeing a movie like Sherlock Holmes with big, you know, da-da, and then watching it. Yeah, it takes quality, away. It, it does. The, the, the sound, particularly. Yeah. I you know, can, we talked about when the horses come trailing in and the sound comes from the sound on Sherlock Holmes. When you Blu-ray. take that away, I mean, you're not taking the sound away. When you take away that surround sound experience part, it does. It does remove it. a lot of it. Like there's the um, you take it for granted, I think, because like if you do go to the theater a lot and you're used to surround sound, and then you watch, you know, you've got, uh, or you maybe listen to movies in headphones, so you've got decent sound. 
when you watch it just on a television. You just feel like you have it, to lean, it removes like, a you bit from lean, you, doesn't it? Lean forward all the time to get like something to go. There's something to be said for like the like because Sherlock Holmes, for instance, I think it had some of the best sound on Blu-ray that we've heard, like especially this year. Mm-hmm. Um, from you know, you feel like you're in the middle of something going on. Whereas when you watch it on TV, you feel like you're sat in it's front of... It's just flat and funny. Unless you yeah. have surround sound. Well, TV. picture quality on DVD also, compared to Blu-ray, it doesn't compare. At no. first, when I first... When Blu-ray first came out, and we... I thought, yeah, it looks really good. But now, it's come to a point where it's just the standard for me now. Like, DVDs are fine, and I can watch Netflix streaming sure. if I don't particularly care. Like, But if it's a first-run movie that I've not seen, and it's a big spectacle type of movie I want to watch it in Blu-ray and I want to watch it with surround sound yeah and I do agree that this movie with the so much textural detail I think it would lose a little bit yeah, on yeah. a DVD is what I'm saying if you if you have got Blu-ray you've got a PS3 some people might have a PS3 and not realise they can play Blu-ray <laughs> not you under, if you own a PS3 how could you not know that some people maybe just got it for games and didn't Really right. pay attention. But yeah, you can get the Blu-ray movies, which look better, providing you have a television that uh, supports yeah. high definition. So it's all a bit... Well, if you have a PS3, you probably do. Some people some people have a PS3 and it's hooked up to a 13-inch TV. <laughs> I've seen that a lot. And a lot I guess, them. yeah, you can yeah. save up and buy a better one. Yeah, so yeah, there's something to be said for Blu-ray. And it's kind of become like the standard for me now. That's what I'm getting at. Um, DVDs, they are fine. But when you blow them up to 103 inches, they don't hold up. They really don't, compared. The sound's still fine on a DVD if you yeah, play yeah. it. But, you know, that picture just doesn't hold up. It's, um, you know, most people aren't blowing it up that big. But even at 60 inches yep. and stuff, it's probably going to show now. Um, so, yeah, I recommend this one. And it's from Fox. And it's Fantastic Mr. Fox. Um, so... Contest, see the site for details as usual. Next, the site? What site is that? Uh, the site is ascully.com. A S C U L L Y.com. I was describing to someone, just as a little side note, uh, when I first met you, that you had a very large online collection of, shall we say, provocative photos of Ms. Are you saying I ran a porn site? Ms. Jillian Anderson. There was no pornography, no. There was no nudity, <laughs> flat out. But she, in her career, before X-Files, had taken a lot of provocative photos, it seemed. Yeah. And I you know. had this big, huge collection of these images. And in your room, which you sent me digital photos of your room, you had posters of her, even, start, as a grown man. And my the person I was talking to is like, oh, really? And I said, yeah, that's kind of one of the things we talked about when we first met was, you know, the X-Files. And I said, you know, his website is A. Scully. And he's like, yeah. And I said, A. Scully. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, Agent Scully? He's like, ah, oh, I never even thought about it. And a lot of people Not that this site has anything to do with the X-Files. No, nothing And the only reason, uh, I have to explain, the, only, the reason I did have a website full of Gillian Anderson pictures is I was trying to teach myself how to make a website mm-hmm. back in the days of when nobody really had yeah, a website. Yeah, middle 90s. I was trying to figure that... No, early 90s, right? Was really? it? Maybe. Like, like 90s. Mid 90s, I think. So I was trying to figure out how to make a website and I would come home and I would sit there and I would try and... The most rudimentary things that HTML, now you would yeah. just like kind of laugh at because now you can make like the... Yeah. Can, now we can, started from scratch. Yeah, literally I had a notepad and I was writing Me too. HTML. Me um, and I had to 
I was like, well, what can I put up there? And I happened to love the X-Files at the time, and I had pictures of Gillian Anderson and pictures of the X-Files, and I collected anything X-Files, so I thought, well, maybe I should collect together pictures of Gillian Anderson off the web and make them all in one place. So and that's how learn, that came yeah, about. Yeah, learn how to post them up as an album. And it was, like, the mo- the rubbishest website you've ever seen. Uh, it was, like, tiled background and music yeah. on the page. You know, those days. Yeah. This um, was before you could go to Facebook or anywhere else and just slap together your own... But I learned a lot from doing that. Oh, and, me too. Uh, and it doesn't exist anymore. It is in the archive, but none of the pictures are there. Like, if you go to archive.org, uh-huh. you can find the site. Really? Yeah, but there's not much there, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's where A Scully came from, and that's the website A S C U L L Y. And you can go there to win some DVDs. Uh, next week's uh, show, which will be next <laughs> Sunday's show, the big show, is the Lord of the Rings trilogy on Blu-ray. At last, holy shit! Yeah, it's a big one. <laughs> that's all I got to say. Yeah. So now we're having controversy because I say we watch them all in one day. You say two in one. I say all in one day. But we could do it all in one day. I mean, you're awake for we're awake for what sixteen hours, and it's a nine, nine hour. hours with the movie. Uh, stop, take a breather, eat some food, do the podcast, go to bed. I mean, <laughs> yeah, maybe we should do it all on Sunday then. Yeah. Just uh, get up yeah. early-ish on a Sunday, so we're not doing our podcast at five a.m. or something. I agree. Yeah, all right. <laughs> so we're gonna actually watch all three tour de force, and there are a bunch of extras on the Lord of the Rings, but we've already seen all the extras. They're identical to what we had on the DVDs. Yeah, there's not much more they could make There up. isn't anything new. No. There's, there's one thing new, and it's the Aragon's Quest game trailer, which mm. we already saw the other week, and we, you said to me, why does that game look so shitty? Yeah. Do you remember? Correct, There's yes. a Wii game. Um, it's a Wii game that's coming out soon, but yeah, it did look shitty. It did. Um, but yeah, we'll watch the movies. Now, the movies are in high definition for the first time. I've heard, like, the first movie doesn't look as good as the second two. I'm not sure why that is, but we'll, we'll be able to find out for ourselves. Is this according to whom? Some, like, super geeky people? No, just early Seriously. reviews. I've read. Not super geeky people. Normal um, mm. sites that review Blu-rays. Um, I think it's probably because the first one was made before the second sure, two. Sure, of course. Um, by well, what, no, it like, wasn't. He made them all together. No, they didn't. He made the second two together. Mm. The first one was made, and then they went to make the other two. So it's probably just, like, technology advanced in between those. Um, I'm a little bit scared for some of the CG in those movies, because yeah. I do remember at the time thinking they weren't the best. A little bit. The third movie, especially. It was which, very ambitious for the yeah, time. Yeah, it was really ambitious. So it'd be interesting to see them again, because it's literally been ten years, right? Since well, we watched them or they, since they were made? Yeah, we only watched we watched them when they were in the theaters. Oh, then we watched no, the extended watched DVDs too. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Since we've, we've never here, watched so them four years ago, we watched them again. Didn't we watch the extended editions when I bought them, which was when it came out? I know we've watched them here in this basement. Not on on the TV, not on the TV. big screen. No, no, just no. on a big TV. Right. So this will be an event because yeah, yeah. I mean it's Lord of the Rings on a big. I think screen. Think I'll dress up for it in a robe and some elven ears. I think I'll grow my beard like uh, Gandalf. What, fo- what food can we eat for Lord of the Rings? Mm. Yeah, like toad eyes and, uh, <laughs> you know, fantasy stuff. I'll uh, grow my beard like Gandalf. Yeah, I'll make some fantasy food. Yeah. We'll just <laughs> pretend. No dishes. Yeah, we'll just pretend we're eating stuff. Anyway, Lord of the Rings trilogy. Uh, next page, please, on the... Um, oh, yeah, I'm going for a laptop today. So, um... Movie recommendations for this week. I want to recommend... Uh, first up, my first one is Watership Down, which you don't know, which I think 
you should see. It's a animated uh, movie, like a Disney movie. Mm. He says smirking, like a dark Disney movie. Don't tell me anything about it. Just that's it. That's enough. Don't yeah, tell it's me like a Disney else. movie. Don't tell me anything else. It's like a Disney. I'm not telling you. I'm telling the listeners. I know, but I don't want to hear anything. It's else. like a Disney movie from the 70s. That's I think it's late 70s. Um, it's a brilliant story, and it kind of reminded me of Fantastic Mr. Fox in a way. But, uh, yeah. Okay, that's enough. Uh, you should see it. Um, I think it was from BBC, from the BBC, but it was actually a feature film. And the second one is Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, because that's a Roald Dowell, um, but not this Tim Burton crap. I, mean, I don't I, think it was crap. I, I really hated it. I mean, it, I, I wouldn't watch it again. I didn't I, hate it at all. I hated Johnny Depp in it. I mean, it, it, it didn't ruin it. I just... It was horrible. It was, it was really not hor- horrible. Oh, it was. It was it would absolutely not. No. You don't like it does not make it horrible. I didn't like it more than the first one, but I enjoyed it for what it the was. The first one's such a masterpiece, right? The first one. Mm-hmm. It's actually... I, I think it's... You know, as what it, for what it is, it's a, you know, it's a children's film. Children's book turned into a film. And I watched it as a child. It's such it's it's like Wizard of Oz. It's such a it takes you away like completely, um, and what kid can't get behind a chocolate factory? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> Candy. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I was absolutely you know, oh my god, like wallpaper that yeah, you can lick. Yeah, and the new and, one is creepy and it's a little weird. And the Oompa Loompa guys, ugh, really weird. See, I yeah. but I I just completely get irritated when everyone's like, oh, it's crap, it's horrible. It's not horrible. I wouldn't watch it again. And that doesn't make it crap or horrible. For me, it is. That I means mean, you're comparing it, and I think, it's just got I think elements if, that I think what I was saying to you the other day, if Tim Burton remade The Wizard of Oz, you probably wouldn't like it, right? I said that. You didn't say that, because I don't no, think I'm saying it should to be you, remade. You probably wouldn't like it. Of course, because I don't think it should be remade. Well, just think of that situation. Yeah, my, but my your film, argument is everything loved, should get remade. My film, which I loved, got remade by Tim Burton. And it was... So basically, I win that whole argument that we've had for years and years. That you think anything should be remade because... It's... See, the thing is, I like Tim Burton, right? Well, but, me too, yeah, yeah. And Charlie and the Tropical Factory seems like something Tim Burton could take on and it'd be interesting. But for me, it wasn't. And I like Johnny Depp. It was Depp. a little more mean-spirited. I know the first one is about the first one's rotten kinda. children. But this one's more mean-spirited about... I don't know. yeah. And the first, you know, the first one is kind of mean-spirited, but the lesson, you know, and this yeah. is one where it punches a lesson into your face. Be a nice kid. You you won't get turned into a big balloon or whatever, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> a blueberry. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, that I wanted to recommend. Original Charlie and Chocolate Factory. Um, it is available on Blu-ray now. Um, and read the book while you're at it. And it was remastered in the way Wizard of Oz was for Blu-ray. I've got to get hold of that. I've got to have that in my collection. Definitely. It's so good. But there you go. Mine are, because this guy also wrote, the guy who wrote uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox also wrote Matilda as a children's book, and that movie with Danny DeVito and his wife, Rhea Pearl. Excellent. Absolutely another enchanting story of a girl who has sort of like these powers that you never understand if she's just manufactured them herself from being so tormented by these really shitty parents or what. And it's lovely. It's really, really nice. And the other one is Corpse Bride. Because as a stop frame animation, it is like the characters. And I remember, like, they're very detailed and all varied. And, I mean, I would have said um, 
Nightmare Before Christmas, but you know that's kind of an obvious one. But it's I love Coraline for me. The, Coraline's really good. Coraline's too, yeah. the one. Coraline that doesn't up. have the variety of characters though that like it Corpus doesn't, Bride but it's has. really enchanting. I liked that story a mm-hmm. lot. You know, they. I just like. Yeah, yeah. It's you know reminding me of like Lion the Witch in the Wardrobe that, that adventure where you're going through the rabbit hole and then <laughs> yeah you know it's a common yeah. story but it's a story what you can get behind as an adventure because you're like I don't know what's going to be there. I think that's why I like Doctor Who. You don't know where he's going. No. You don't know what's going to happen. He's going down the rabbit hole every time. Um, So, yeah, Doctor Who has restarted, by the way. Um, It's on BBC One on Saturdays. The new Doctor. I love him. I like him already, yeah. I mean, I've only seen one episode so far. Um, I'm hooked. Yeah, they really introduced him well, I think. Um, Definitely. And I think you can get behind him immediately. We can, but not everybody will. Some people are stubborn. Yeah. And they won't see the quality. I've not heard a lot of disses on him, and I did go and have a look to see how he was received, and most people were like, wow, what a good job this guy did. I didn't expect it. I thought he would be too trendy and new and young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's, he he's only 26. See, they acknowledge that by yeah. when he said, who's your daddy? And he's like, okay. Yeah, I'm let's not do that. Again. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, that's what people thought it might have been. Like, you know, he'd doing all these, like, Mouthy. and he pulls his cell phone out and all that sort yeah, of yeah. stuff. But no, that's not what he is. And... You know, they slipped him into it perfectly. I, I almost myself thought that they might be taking it in the wrong direction, having a young guy. But he's not really a young guy. He doesn't feel like a young no, guy to me. it's too sacred. They're not going to screw it up. No, I don't think so either. I mean, it's, what, 30 years on the TV? Yeah. It's not, not going to screw it up. Anyway, uh, games and ace stuff this week. I've been playing Infamous. There's a bit of a story about Infamous. I, it was the first time I'd bought a used game on GameStop.com. So I ordered the used game, and it came, and the first, I'm pretty particular, I'm like Wes Anderson. Really? Yeah. So I never noticed. So when it came, it had stickers all over the box, used, 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 so I spent like 10 minutes <laughs> taking the stickers off and getting alcohol and cleaning the, I got the box all cleaned up how I liked it. Then I said to you, this, this looks kind of scratched, but it'll probably be alright. So then I fired the game up in the afternoon, and it kept freezing. Like, freezing the PS3 completely, like, I've never had that happen. And the PS3 turned itself off at one point. Like, it just couldn't read the disc anymore. It just turned itself off. And at some point, you picked up the phone and called me. I was out shopping, and you're like, guess what? This the PS3 game, game is Can you go to GameStop and screwed. return it? For so we returned the game to uh, GameStop. Do you want me to tell my portion of the story? All right. So I come all the way back to the house, trade my groceries that I've been purchasing for your game. I go to GameStop, the new GameStop in our town, which is quite nice. And the girl working there, woman, young woman, is a gamer. So that was awesome because we've been to GameStop where the people weren't gamers and they didn't give a shit. And she was actually really into it and she's like, I told her about it. She's like, well, that's weird. PS3 games are usually pretty. PS3 is really not picky and blah, blah, blah. But we get a lot of Xbox games, da, da, da. And I say, yeah, my husband... Uh, has never bought a used game, and he bought this one, and then the day after, the price was reduced, and she's like, oh my god, isn't that how it always works, blah, blah, blah. So she goes and gets another one, she rings it up, and she goes, um, well, the actual, just the game itself has been lowered in price. To the price of To the I... price of the used one that you bought. Do you want me just to give you a brand new copy? And I'm like, uh, sure. And so she did. And the new copy is perfectly fine. Of course. So, um, like you said... Me, personally, it kind of put me off the used game thing. Yeah, but one game in your yeah, whole yeah, life. Yeah, but 
And people do it all the time. It's not fair. It's Maybe not fair. I also smelled the cigarettes, which uh, was another problem. It's not fair to say, though, that you should No, it's not it. fair to say, but me personally... Because we get Netflix movies all the time, and they're fine. They're And they've been used lots and yeah, lots of times. Yeah, it's almost like they um, resurface them or something every time. Like, they might have a machine that they buff them mm-hmm. back up, because there's never a fingerprint on any of them. They'll scr- they scratched sometimes. That they'll work and... But they've never fine. got fingerprints on, so they must do something. Anyway... This, this like, was going to save me, like, $5, this used version. In the future, I would just pay the $5 for the new one, I think. Extra. You know what I'm saying? Like, because... Well, no, because I don't think that's fair. Never had a problem with a new one, and uh, that was my first experience. And with I say one. you're too picky. Except for the freezing up. I don't I disagree with that. But stickers and it not being perfect, it's no big I don't deal. want stickers on my game boxes. I Except don't I think a used game, all used games, should be $10. Yeah, they shouldn't be $30, $29.99. No. Not really. That is such a ripoff. But... but anyway, the game Infamous, I've been playing it. It's Sucker Punch, the people who made um, Sly Cooper. Sucker Punch. Um, it's like you're a superhero in a city. Uh... And you've got this. You've got the power of electricity. You can harness electricity. It's a really good game, and I know it's a good game because all week I keep going back to it. Right. And just doing three or four missions, and it seems huge to me because I'm in the first area of the city, and I've played it for about eight hours so far, and there's actually three more areas that I haven't even unlocked yet. So I'm imagining it's a forty-hour, like a GTA experience. And I said to you, it kind of reminded me of GTA when I'm playing it, just the way the missions are. Like so, you go somewhere, get a mission, go do it. Do it, and then somebody else will give you another one, and you travel there, you know. And there's no there's no vehicles in this city, because everything got blew up at the beginning. So all the vehicles and stuff That's are... That's a good plan. Yeah, so you travel on foot, but you've also got this power where you can latch onto, like, train tracks and kind of surf them like Tony Hawk, you know, mm-hmm. like go twice as fast. So I recommend it. It's a game that's been out for, like, over a year. I just never got around to getting it, but... Now it's twenty nine ninety nine, which is pretty new. good. Ba- it's a bargain for a game of that size, you know. So, yeah, new. I've also been playing uh, more of Wipeout HD, which I've mentioned tons of times on this show, and you love it. It's a PS three downloadable game that costs, I think, nine ninety nine. I said to you, this game costs nine ninety nine off the uh, PlayStation Store. It's like the best nine ninety nine you can spend if you're into games, or if you're racing games, for instance. It's, it's very, um, I, can wa- I can't watch it for very long because that movement, in- unless you're driving. It's smooth as hell. Like. Yeah, it's just, it, it's so engrossing, I would imagine, if you're driving. Because it's just, it, it's all. It's like futuristic hover sleds. Future and fast and, and you know. cool music. Uh, Daft Punk and people like that do the music. It's like, um, I don't know, I've always liked a Wipeout series since PlayStation 1. It was the second game I ever bought on the original <laughs> PlayStation. Because it was a launch title. And it blew me away because it was the first time we'd ever seen 3D graphics properly. The <laughs> first time we'd ever had real music in a game. And not chip music, like real music. It's hard to explain that to people who don't... Yeah, and when I got it home, I was like, I'm listening to The Prodigy. And I'm racing this cool thing. You know, it's cool. It's, this is like... Explain that to somebody who's, you know, 13 and their first game is God of War 3. Yeah, it's real. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Now far we've come. Because, you know, I used to play 8-bit games. How far... When I look at something that I'm playing now, and I get God of War 3, and I'm like, this is like playing a movie. I never thought we'd get to this point. Like, because, you know, the big thing, like, years ago was like, oh, eventually games will look like Pixar movies. Right. They kind of look better nowadays. Like, I mean, look at God of War. Like, it's like a... Mm. 
you know, I know a Pixar movie is a certain style, but yeah, yeah. like God of War is a certain style, but everything the lighting is, and you the can detail. see everything, detail, you know, we got to that point. Where will it go next? Seems next it's um control input methods, right? Like we wanna we want virtual things and we wanna be able to wave our you know, that's uh, yeah. I think that's the next kind of because do you know we're all we're in high def already? Where does it go? Like wh- when a new Xbox comes out, what's better about <laughs> it? Like, oh, then they should just give up and stop. They won't, won't. They? <laughs> but I think they're going for. You know, I don't know games with plastic instruments and stuff. There's a good direction. That direction seems to have come and gone, doesn't <laughs> it? It was a. They kind of sucked the life out I of. I think that. they did. Uh, I, in fact, I know they did because Beatles Rock Band, which they were touting as like. You know, a music game with the Beatles would be the best-selling music game of all time, right? Because it's the Beatles. They're the best-selling. And it didn't... It did okay, but it didn't do particularly well. Well, where'd you go from there? Like, you just already blew yeah. the wad, didn't you? That's the best band ever, right? Well, not in everybody's eyes, but... Correct. It's the most known band ever. I would say. Yeah, and the next one's rock band Green Day. I don't <laughs> think Green Day... Really? Yeah, that's what this year wow. is. This, this Christmas it will be Rock Band Green Day, but to me, I have no interest in Green Day. No. You know, it's not like, I don't even really care at all. Like, I, don't, I wouldn't buy it. I mean, you you might buy Rock Band U2, right? Because you might want to... No. Look, if you like to play Rock Band, for instance. If I like to play Rock Band, I probably would. You would buy a U2 version because they'd be the songs that you'd want to play, right? And I'd buy an Oasis version or a the Smiths version. Or, I don't know, though. You kind of, you know, no, I don't think I would. It's a lot of effort. I'd just rather listen to the music. Yeah, but I'm saying if you like that game. Yeah. Like, I really like DJ Hero a lot more than the guitar games. Yeah. Since it, And DJ Hero 2 I'm more excited about. I just hope that DJ Hero 2, they diversify the music because it's a bit too rappy for me. Mm. Like, it's a lot of Eminem and Dr. Dre and all that stuff in that one. Which isn't my kind of music. I prefer, like, the Daft Punk or the Prodigy, that kind of stuff. And in that, there is a bit of Daft more Punk. More British DJ stuff. Just more dance rather than rap. Now, in that DJ hero, it's like 80% rap, 20% dance. I would like at least half and half this time, you know? Yeah, but isn't... To me, DJing, I guess, in America is different. To me, it is about that. Yeah, but they did acknowledge it because they put kind of Daft stuff, Punk yeah. and stuff in there as playable characters and they add them playing their mixes, mm. you know? So, next time, you know add some dance music as well I mean there is some dance music in there don't get me wrong there is some European dance music in there but really a very small amount compared to has it got that guy? the guy from Big Brother? no 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 no. (laughs) what's his name? Bass Bass Hunter Bass Hunter Bass Hunter Bass Hunter yeah he's Swedish I don't know why we're talking like Germans like Jamaicans (laughs) (laughs) Jamaican Germans (laughs) Yeah, so, yeah, there you go. That's my um, thing. If you wonder why I keep closing my eyes, I'm just hot. I'm trying to concentrate on not being hot. So that's my, uh, what, that started out on Wipeout HD and ended out in DJ Hero. No idea why. Uh, this week's game... Because it's Ace Cooley stuff. This week's game I'll be playing is uh, the new Splinter Cell, which is Splinter Cell Conviction, which is the, they're saying the reboot of the Splinter Cell franchise. Um, because and does it need a reboot? Uh, it's been getting progressively worse uh-huh. since the very first one, which was literally amazing. The first Splinter Cell was like um, it was on the original Xbox. It was mind blowing. Like it was, it kind of hit at the right time. Graphics had just improved a lot, and the game was really good. But this one, 
uh, is a reboot. Now, in the last one, his um, daughter got killed, and he kind of dropped off the grid. Like, he decided he wasn't going to be a uh, third echelon agent anymore. He was just going to handle his own problems. And in this one, at the beginning, he gets word that his daughter may not be dead. Even he's still off the grid. I mean, he decided yeah. he dropped the uh, military. So, in this one, he's, I guess his daughter ain't dead. You don't know that. I don't think she. I don't think she died. But aren't you really spoiling it for people if they haven't? No, because the opening scene, I, the, the demo. The second one, I mean. Oh, the second one was like three years ago. Oh, right. I don't think I'm spoiling Fair anything. Um, and it tells you the when you pop this one in the because I've got the demo, the introduction shows you previously on Splinter Cell kind of thing. Oh, right. So, yeah, you're not spoiling anything. But um, I apparently she's not dead, and he has to go and figure out why and who. And where. Gone. Why, who, where, yeah. how. Um, and, and, you know, I think they've changed the gameplay a bit this time. Is there online? Yeah, but that's not what it's all about, really. It's a single-player story. Um, there's, like, this new... Instead of taking you out of the game, this is f- from the demo, they don't they leave you in the game so you know like when you're watching a game playing a game and then they stop to show you a cutscene of some stuff in this game Splinter Cell Conviction they project the cutscene into the game oh yeah yeah like so if you're walking down the corridor and they want you to see something a projector from out of nowhere (laughs) will show you a movie on the wall in the game so you'll stop You'll watch it on the wall and then continue. That's interesting. Now, it's just... Obviously, that's not realistic, but it's an interesting... They'll even put instructions projected into the levels. So, it might say, you have to... Didn't ca- they talk about this a long time ago? Yeah, and, and th- this is the game that okay. finally... yeah, yeah, yeah. So, they might say, like, you know, you have to capture the objective. And they'll project those words up on the wall so you know what you're supposed to be doing. Now, when, hmm. you, when you look at it, it's kind of weird... Um, but it doesn't take you out of the game. That's their idea. Right. Um, so we'll see how that goes when I play it this week. Um, and finally, I've also... No, not finally. I've also been playing Need for Speed World. I got chose to be in the beta, and there's very few people got into this. It's like a... I signed up for it a long time ago, and I got an email this week saying, you're in. So it's Need for Speed World... Need for Speed is one of my favourite series of racing games. Very, very favourite. This is a PC game, and they've turned it into a massively multiplayer thing. So, it's Need for Speed, online, you go into a big free roam city, you meet up with your friends, you organise races, you level up, like in Call of Duty, you know, and the more levels you get, the better your car can be. You can customise your car, show them off online. It's that. That's basically what it is. Now... The beta I'm playing right now is like a real small portion of what it's going to be. So I can't really... And what the small portion is, is basically like the last game. All the assets. What's an asset? Like all the cars, all the textures, all the cities. Right. Everything from that last game kind of in this online version. I don't know if that's how it's going to be at the end, but that's how it is now. So it's like playing last year's game because I know all the roads because I've raced but online the online works well but I feel like I'm playing the last need for speed online now word has it this is you are word has it this is going to be a free game like EA they're they're developing this new model where 
This game will be free. You'll be able to go on the website, download the client, play it. But anything... They're calling this, you know, this is new bullshit freemium games. Oh, my God. Yeah, you've heard Oh, my God. No, I've not heard of it, but oh, my God. Well, a lot of games are like Farmville, Mafia Wars. Oh, okay. They're free to play, but if you want the premium stuff, you drop some money in, right? So that's how this Need for Speed is going to work. You'll get the basic game, but if you want the better cars, if you want to win, or you want... You can't earn them, you have to buy them. Yeah, exactly, you have to buy them. So that's how it... Like free realms, actually. Yeah, yeah. It's not a bad idea, because like, you can still get in there and enjoy it on a basic level, but if you're serious about it, you... You, know, you want to buy all the stuff, yeah. Might, might want to pay 50 bucks, because the, if the game was going to cost you 50 anyway, drop 50 in on, in dollars and then use that to get better cars and stuff. So I'm not against that, because it's a... You get to choose. You get to play it. And then you also get to play it and go, don't really like it, yeah. and move on and not have paid anything. So I think it's a good idea, because it's like a... It's like a demo that you can turn into the full game if you want to pay for it. And you can pay as little or as much as you want. Unlike World of Warcraft, where you immediately have to subscribe, you know, and and you're locked into that. Totally locked in. So I don't mind that kind of thing. I just feel that this, as it is now in this beta, and I know it's a really early beta, it feels like they just plucked their old game, and and I hope that isn't what it's going to be. Right. Because that's a bit old. Um... And finally, I've got some. Pro- I had some problem with my computer, which I'm still <laughs> monitoring at this moment, and it looks fine with the green lines there. Um, I've had a problem with my computer for about two weeks. No idea. Stuttering sound. I tried pulling out the sound card. Spiking CPU. Yeah, which results in stuttering sound because your CPU is hammered. And anyway, I pulled out my sound card. It fixed it for about three hours. Then it came back. I tried the onboard sound, fixed it for a little bit, then it came back. I tried... What else did I try? This I re- is after you reformatted. I reformatted my computer completely, restarted again, which I'm glad I did because it was getting a bit bogged down and now it's really good again. Um, that didn't fix it. I removed my old ID DVD burner. <laughs> that didn't fix it. Somebody like, somewhere fixed said... it for about an hour and right. then, it, then, it, then it did again. Then this morning... I left my, uh, I have a thing called DPC Checker that actually checks to see if this problem is going on. And as you can see right now, it's not, because it's all green. Um, you can't, but you can. Now, I left that running all night, and when I came to it this morning, it was red again. Like, it was fine after yeah. last night, and then, then it was messed up again. So, I did some more research this morning, and now I have actually pinpointed it. It's... My torrent program, which is called uTorrent, which a lot of people use, it's like the most popular torrent program out there. It's a combination of uTorrent and the antivirus that I use, which is Microsoft Security Essentials, which is the free antivirus that Microsoft provide. If you use them together, <laughs> this, this occurs. This combination? Yep. So I uninstalled the antivirus. So right now I'm running with no antivirus. Oh. Which I'm pretty sensible, so it doesn't really matter so much. But, as you can see, all day. Perfect. Yeah, so if you have a problem with stuttering computer, and it's not like my computer is like a slow computer because it's a quad core. It's not, It's you know, it's got... Right. But if you have a problem with stuttering computer, I always think it's something hardware. And you have to get to the bottom of it. Make sure uh, to check your antivirus first. Yeah. Because antivirus is pretty hardcore on your machine. And if it's interacting wrongly with something, apparently what it does... Is you know because your torrent client is downloading stuff. 
because that's what bits are. Yeah. You're downloading stuff. The antivirus is set to monitor all folders. So every single thing. Every is- second a piece of that torrent comes in, the antivirus is trying to monitor it, trying to monitor it. Try- like and the then max. It maxes it out. Right, right. So that's the problem. I've basically got computer parts all over the office. Problem solved, though. Um, but yeah, and I've got a big hole in the front of my case where uh, I'm waiting for a new drive to come. So... Uh, yeah, that's my um, stuff for this week. Uh, and Sid Talk, what have you got? I don't have much because I'm not. I'm feeling super hot right now, so I'm not feeling well all of a sudden. But for dinner, we can have some pasta, particularly a veggie veggie burger, um, maybe some leftover lasagna, which I made last night. Pretty tasty. And my stuff is I'm planting. I went today and got my first plants for the spring. I got tomato plants, some herbs. I'll be working on that through the weeks. And I just turned I'm the excited. fan. I just turned the fan on for you. So, yeah. listeners, if you hear a oh, noise or anything, it's because <laughs> well, the I'll fan's be fast, right ahead. Because I, I just kind of no, think you'll be better. Now. No, I'm not feeling well, and I don't know what it is. Just all of a sudden. And the other thing is, I finished pretty much finished cleaning the garage, but and I found so many cool things, including pictures from our wedding day, which is kind of awesome. I won't be posting them because we both look quite a bit older now than we did. What else did I find? Uh, you found something that I didn't even know I had. I remember. Oh, we found lots of stuff. No, you... There was something. There was one big cardboard box. And you go, you can throw that away. But then you open it and it was full of movie memorabilia. Yeah, movie stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah. that's it for me. It had a, uh, I had some Kill Bill figures. Correct. Of the bride that I actually completely forgot about. And now I've got them displayed again. Um, so yeah, that's uh, everything. And I mentioned that next week we're doing Lord of the Rings, so that could be an epic show. Yes, because be I mean fun. that's three movies to talk about. So uh, and that's your whole lot. That's me. So uh, thank you for listening to the podcast. Um, I want to remind you about the website: sayschooly.com, sidtalk.com. You can catch us both on Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, YouTube, everywhere, Tumblr, any number of places on the web where um, I also want to mention quickly I got a new Twitter client this week it's called let me just tell you what it's called it's pretty awesome from what you say it's called Mixero um, Mixero.com I'd never heard of it somebody mentioned it I checked it out it's actually the best one I've used as you can see you can filter Twitter stuff so you don't have to read everything if you know what I mean very nice when you subscribe to some yeah. yeah yeah you can say you know this person who Twitters every hour well, I do want to read their stuff, but not in my main timeline. Not constantly, yeah. I just want to go look occasionally, so you can do that. Um, you can also subscribe to this podcast at the Zoom Marketplace, the iTunes Music Store, or just go to com, click on the word podcast, and you can subscribe via RSS, or Very listen nice. to the podcast directly on the page. Um, and you can email feedback to me at aschoolyaschoolyacom Don't email Sidtok because she's very poorly. At the moment, yeah. And, it's hitting uh, me hard for some reason. I think you just uh, need some food. I need something. Um, so, yeah, that's a lot. Stay so, classy. Stay classy. Uh, Wes Anderson. Mr. Fox. <laughs> and I'm going to say think for yourself or someone will do it for you. <laughs> <laughs>